the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it's safe to say that a mother has great influence on the lives of her children. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Today, Pastor Steve will be starting his study in the book of Esther. We're going to find our text today in the Old Testament book of Esther. And I've entitled this message, A Timely Woman, Mother's Day. I don't know if you know where it came from or not, but it became a national holiday in 1914 by President Woodrow Wilson. It's the busiest phone day of the year where 68% of people will call their mom here on Mother's Day. That's over 200 million phone calls. Over 50% of the households will give a Mother's Day card, totaling some 152 million cards. And without question, you mommies have earned your holiday. In fact, my wife says, you know, the older I get, I'm going to start my holiday on Friday and I'm going to go the whole weekend with it. Okay. And I say, Hey, you go girl. You know, this is your, this is your weekend. And if it rolls into Monday, so be it. You know, you deserve it. You know, it was Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president that said this quote, I regard no man as poor who has a godly mother. He went on to say, I remember my mother's prayers, and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all of my life, end quote. Yes, it's safe to say that a mother has great influence on the lives of her children. And as you know, mothers have to run a tight ship at home without question. Now, what if the Webster's Dictionary was written but yet it was written with mothers in mind. See, they would have to redefine some of the words. Like a maid would now be defined as a mother who waits on her children night and day. A a full name would be defined as what your mother calls you when you're in trouble. Ashley Marie, you get in here right now. Okay, see, you know you're in trouble on that one. Uh, Independent would mean what your mother lets you think, as long as what you think is the same as she thinks. Okay, just saying. Okay, Uh, a show-off would mean any child that's more talented than their own. Okay, just saying. That's how it is. Yes, a mother could redefine many words today, yet there are still certain statements that we will never hear a mother say. You'll never hear a mother say, uh, oh yeah, I used to skip school all the time myself also. No, she's never going to say that. Uh, or, or let me smell that shirt. Sure, it's good for another week. Uh, no, she's not going to say that. Uh, what about this? If Joey's mom says it's okay, that's good enough for me. No, we're never going to hear mom 
moms say those words. But they will say things like, my menu for dinner tonight consists of take it or leave it. Eat or starve, that's the way it's going to go down. And as you know, Humpty Dumpty's mother, oh, you know she told him, Humpty, if I told you once, I told you a thousand times, do not sit on that wall, but no, you wouldn't listen to me. Okay, I'm just saying, that's what she said. And what about all those mother one-liners like, you better wipe that smile off your face before I do it for you. Uh-huh. Uh, or how about this one here? Don't make me come in there. Or here's another one when you're in the car. Don't make me stop this car. Oh, you know, that's it. That's it. Uh, listen to seven-year-old uh, Andrew when asked, how did God make mothers? He said, well, God makes mothers out of clouds, angel hair, and everything nice in the world. But then he added, and one dab of mean. Okay, there's just that little dab in there. You, uh, you cross mom and you're going to know where that dab is. Okay, anyway, uh, seven-year-old Mary was asked, what's the difference between moms and dads? And she said, well, my mom works at work and she works at home. My dad just works at work. Uh-huh, yeah, it's like yeah, there's a lot of truth in that one. Uh, but today we will consider four points in light of our title, A Timely Woman. Number one, a painful past. Many of us have painful pasts, and so it will be today. Number two, a man of honor, a man that walks with integrity, a man that really shows the life of God in his life. Number three, a villainous foe. What story is there out there that doesn't have a villain inside? And number four, a faithful woman, and that's who we'll look at here today. Well, as we look at the life of this young woman named Esther here in the scripture, her name is a Persian name, and it means star. And it doesn't take long for Esther to become the star of this book. We'll see her rise above all others as God unfolds his divine purpose in her life. Know this, God has a divine purpose for every single One of you women here today, married or not, single, no children yet, but God has a purpose for your life. I wonder if you're living out God's plan and purpose for your life in the here and now, or if you're following what would be considered your own plan and purpose. Well, as we look at Esther's life, we'll see what we can glean from her story. Let's look at his first point, a painful past. Esther was a forgotten orphan. Her mother and her father both died when she was just a little girl. She was adopted by a distant relative. Yet God's purpose usurped her circumstances. Did you get that? See, God had a purpose and it usurped all of her circumstances. You might look at your life and say, I have all these raw circumstances in my life. Oh, you don't understand. I had this happen to me or this, and this didn't work out and this and that. And it's like, but yet God usurped her circumstances. For God's plan was to raise her up to be the queen of a mighty nation. This is a message of great hope. This is a message for everyone here today who's been pushed aside and forgotten. 
This is a message for everyone that has a painful past. It's a message for everyone who's been shortchanged and, and given the raw deal in life. I wonder if that would describe you here today. Maybe your past is, well, broken. Maybe you haven't had easy breaks in life. We all have those people around us that seems like everything works out for them. Someone's always handed them something. They're just, their life is, was born on a golden platter. But here we will see here today how God can work in a life whose circumstances have been turned completely and totally upside down. But first, a little background information. The current king ruled over uh, these 127 different provinces. He was a mighty ruler, you could say, but he was also the people's king. From the greatest to the least of the people, everyone seemed to like this guy, probably for this reason. He knew how to spread the wealth around. We pick up with him throwing a party that lasted, get this, for six months. Who throws a six-month-long party? And for the last week, he invited the entire city to attend. They were all living La Vida Loca, kind of the crazy life, you know? So in the midst of this huge party in front of all of his buddies, who were, I'm sure, drunk at this point, the king decides to show off his trophy wife, the queen. Her name was Vashti, which caused a huge problem. What could be the problem? Everyone's having fun. Everyone's partying. Well, the queen said, yeah, let me think about that. Uh, How about no? Yes, I'm not going to come. This was before women's rights, you must know. And the king was never told no. Like, you you don't say no to the king. That's not a word that's in your vocabulary. But maybe this queen was tired of the party lifestyle. Maybe she thought skirting around in front of all her husband's drunken buddies was humiliating. Or, you know, maybe she started believing her own press. Maybe she just thought, you know what? I'm the queen. And how about, I just don't feel like it. How about that? Okay. Well, whatever the case, (laughs) the king gave her, well, the royal boot. Well, you're out of here then, girl. And there wasn't any prenuptial agreements back in this day. He just kicked her to the curb. But once the king sobered up from his, well, six-month party, he found himself lonely, desiring another queen. And what's the king to do when he's in need of a, a new queen? Does he submit his profile in the ancient version of eHarmony? You know, maybe his personal profile could read like this, pompous, portly, financially secure, single king. Seeking young, sultry, wannabe queen for romance and walks on the beach and parties. Must like jousting, public hangings, and red meat. Girls, I'm your man. Email me at theking at hubbahubba.com. Okay, uh, well, it probably didn't work out that way. Okay, actually, what actually happened in the Bible is he went about it a little differently. They held a beauty contest seeking the most beautiful young virgins for the Miss Persia beauty contest. And what would be the lucky girl's grand prize? Well, you guessed it, the king's hand in marriage, of course, along with the queen's crown. This is what fairy tales are made of. Which brings up our second point. 
a man of honor. This is talking about Mordecai who became Esther's dad. It says in Esther chapter 2 verse 7, it says, and he, Mordecai, was bringing up Hadashah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. Now the young lady was beautiful of form and face. And when her father and her mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. Now we're introduced here to Mordecai. He's raising his orphaned relative Esther as his own daughter. Now Mordecai's a foreigner. He's a fourth generation deported Jew. And he was a man of great integrity. This man walked with a real relationship with God. You could look in his eyes and see that something was different about him. And God had placed him in Esther's life for a reason. Why? Because God had a plan. And many times God will place people into our path in life to help us grow in a relationship with him. So knowing that, let me ask you about your friends. What are your friends like? Do they seek after people of great integrity? Are they looking out and having your back? Do they have a godly countenance about them where they're praying for you and their desires to see you draw closer to the Lord? Are they godly individuals is what I'm asking. Can they help you and influence you in having a walk in a relationship with the Lord? Because it's not about religion. It's about a relationship with God. Or do you find yourself spending your time with people that are walking in the complete polar opposite direction of where the Lord would have you to walk? See, the Bible warns us of this in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. So if you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, you will usually do the wrong things. When you're hanging out with the right crowd, you usually do the right things. I had my best friend in first grade all the way through high school, and we did everything together. We did all the first things together that you do, and all of these things. We bonged together. We did all that. We partied, you know, all these things. But when I came to know Christ as my Savior, it was obvious I could not continue to have relationship with this person because they were going in the complete polar opposite direction of where I was going. So when me and my wife got married, I had to sever that relationship because he and his wife were going in a party direction and me and my wife were following the Lord. So God placed Mordecai in Esther's life for a purpose. Look, they didn't have email and texting. It's like, oh, hey, you know, your uncle died and da-da-da-da and his daughter here is a band. No, it, it went through the grapevine and whatever and he heard about this, but he went and made sure that he could, took hold of this young lady. He said, man, I'm going to be your dad now. I'm taking you on. I'm giving you my name, and I'm going to raise you. And there was a purpose for this. There was a reason why God made sure that Mordecai understood that he was going to be the father figure in this young girl's life. Look at what we're told about Esther in verse 7. The King James Bible says that she was fair and beautiful. 
The New American Standard Bible that I read of is a little bit better translation of the original Greek and Hebrew scriptures, said that she was beautiful in form and face. So not only her face is beautiful, she had a beautiful body. There are two Hebrew words separately that are used here to describe Esther. One, she was beautiful in shape and form. And two, it says that she was like a spectacle or being better translated from the original Hebrew word. It was like looking at her was a phenomenon. It was like, like oh my goodness, this is just like, oh, like take your breath away so beautiful. It's a nice way of saying Esther was just absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. She was Glamour magazine cover material for sure. Know this, the sovereign hand of God was at work in this young girl's life years earlier. So far back that when she was in her mother's womb, God was molding her beauty. It was of no coincidence. God in his eternal plan made her that way for a reason. It wasn't to just stop men in their tracks. It wasn't to have everyone open a door for her. I wonder what specific gifts... God has given to you ladies here today. I wonder what skills God has gifted you with. Something that will allow you to accomplish what God has purposed in your life from the foundation of the world. Now, some of you ladies might think, well, I don't really have any special gifts, but that isn't true. You just haven't discovered them yet. You have all got gifts. Maybe you have a willing heart to serve. We have many women that serve in the church here. Many are teaching our children right now. We have greeters at the door. We have many women that are gifted that serve right here in the church. First Peter 4.10 says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Well, Esther was in the right place at the right time. Well, why is that? Because God planned it that way. God purposed it this way. And God placed her right where she needed to be, gave her the beauty that she needed. Well, they took Esther because she was stunningly beautiful to the palace, but they didn't take her alone. This was all through 127 different provinces. They found many other beautiful young women. So she was just one of many beautiful women. You'll see a lot of beautiful women here and beautiful guys, you know, I guess handsome guys. It's like, why? Because many people come from all over the country to Los Angeles. Why? To the West Side here because they want to make it in the industry, right? So they, they come from all over and we see beautiful people all around us here. And that was the case with Esther along with all these other women that were beautiful. And they rolled out the red carpet for them for one full year before the king would even look at them. Now, why did they do that? This was done as a beautification and purification process before the king would end up picking one of them to be the queen. 
And it was obvious that something was different about Esther. It wasn't just her looks, because they're all beautiful. They're all drop-dead gorgeous. They're all on the cover of Vogue magazine of the ancient times. Something set Esther apart from the rest of the beautiful girls. They were all beautiful. They were all virgins. But she had a godly countenance about her. She seemed to glow from the inside out. And it could not be overlooked. Even Haggai, which we're going to be introduced here, Haggai was the guy that was in charge of the beauty contest. And he was in charge of this entire harem that's been created to pick a queen from. And look at what it says here in chapter 2, verse 9. It says, now the young lady, talking about Esther, pleased him. This is the Haggai guy. and And she found favor with him. So Haggai quickly provided her with cosmetics and food and gave her seven choice maids from the king's palace and transferred her and her maids to the best place in the harem. Esther did not make known her people of her kindred that she was a Jew, for Mordecai, her dad, had instructed her that she should not make that known. Okay, we'll stop there for just a second here. Now, think about it, ladies. Look what's going on here. Okay, this is going on for a full year. It'd be like you had unlimited access to an entire Sephora makeup store. You got the the gift card that never ends, you know. See, my son had a gift card like that one time. It was, I think it was like his 15th birthday. And they gave him an in-and-out gift card. And he's like, Dad, I got the in-and-out gift card. So, I mean, he'd just be so cool. He'd walk up there. Double, double, animal style. And he just slapped the card down. And they took it, you know, and it's like, well, here's your meal for free. Then the next time he goes back again, he slaps it down. Another meal. Well, he did that for the next 500 lunches. It's like it was the endless gift card. It just never ended. He just kept using it and using it. I'm like, why did you ever get rid of that thing? No, anyway, he, he finally felt guilty. He's like, okay, this thing's broken. And he says, I just, I can't, I don't have the heart to do it anymore. He finally just says, hey, look, this thing just, it just works forever. So he gave it back. He's just like, it's, it's the broken gift card. But, but imagine not having a broken gift card for Sephora. You could just like get anything you wanted. And then when you got sick and tired of Sephora, because you had like mountains of makeup, you could go to Nordstrom to their entire, the mat counter, the Clinique counter, just everything, just go in there, just everything you could ever imagine. That's what she had access to, her hair and her nails professionally done on a weekly basis. She had seven maids serving her. She took soaking baths covered in body lotions every day. She found favor with Haggai, and he gave her insights to what the king likes and dislikes. Hey, Esther, let me just tell you, the king really loves this, but he hates this. She was getting all the insights, which resulted in what it says in verse 17 of chapter 2, and the king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she found favor and kindness with him more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Wow. So Esther won the king's heart as she charmed him with her grace 
and her elegance. That led her to finding favor and being picked first by the king. Understand this. Don't lose this point here. Know this. Her outward beauty got her into the beauty contest. No, no doubt. That's what got her into the contest. But it was her inward beauty that won her to be queen. They were all beautiful on the outside. It was what happened on the inside of her is what made her queen. Her inward beauty was part of her soul, which was because of her devotion to the Lord. And as she listened and obeyed her stepdad, Mordecai, along with those in leadership over her like Haggai, that's what got her to that place. I wonder if you have a teachable spirit like Esther. I wonder if you, as a Christian, are genuinely nice. Or I wonder if you're just a little stinky. That's all the time we have for this message. Join us next time for part two. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.